Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much uh, for the opportunity we have to study your holy word. We pray your blessings upon us as we do that. We pray for those who will be listening and for those who will be tuning in whenever. Father, we pray that you'd help Cole and I to navigate through this and help to teach them the truth. And we pray a, a prayer of thanksgiving for it, for the power of the word, and for the, for the opportunity that we have uh, to study it and learn from it and grow from it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're numbers 15. Yep. Um, all right, so we left off with um, Numbers 15, 30, and 31. Um, and then we see a story in 32 where the Sabbath breaker is put to death. So we're mm -hmm. just going to read through that and into uh, 37. While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly, and they kept him in custody because it was not clear what should be done about him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded Moses. So, of course, we talked last week about that being a heart of rebellion. Mm -hmm. We've got all of this stuff going on in numbers. This is just the continuing heart of rebellion, that lack of trusting that God is uh, good. Well, I it's the it's the intentional breaking of the law. You know what to do, and you intentionally break it. You know God makes provision for people that don't intend to do this. I mean, it's not you know, but he but man, when you when you intentionally, it is the beginning of rebellion. Well, even in a family, it's not just intentionally, right? Because if you look at David and Bathsheba, he intentionally did those things. Mm -hmm. He intentionally had adultery with her, committed mm -hmm. adultery with her. He intentionally murdered Uriah mm -hmm. to to cover it up. So it's not just the intentional act. There's a heart behind it, right? Well, and that's what I said. It's the intention, attention, this guy, that is the beginning of rebellion. It doesn't mean it's already rebellion. The heart's wrong, then you're going to rebel. Yeah. And it's going to keep going. And I think that's where, and I think that's the difference between, say, this guy and King David. Yes. With King David, King David failed. God tells it, us that's different. Where God says he has that heart. Right. So we're all we're all going to fail mm -hmm. in our walk. We're all going to face temptation, whether that be, you know, the lust of the flesh, like with what David had, um, the lust of the world, right? Or, you know, the enemy himself. We're all going to face these temptations and fail. But just because we face temptations and fail does not necessarily mean that our heart is divided no. or against God. It doesn't mean we're, re re we're not we're re rebellious. Right. 
this gentleman here, what, what we are led to believe. Now, the text doesn't come right out and say it, but look at what's going on in the text before and after. Before, what's going on? Well, the people are completely rebellious, and what does God say? They don't believe me. They don't believe that I'm good, right? This is why James says, you know, consider it pure joy, and if any of you lack the wisdom to consider trials pure joy, you need to ask of God. But what, what's the first thing? You need to believe that God is what? Someone who rewards those who seek him, right? I mean, this is what it is. How do you think about God? And with this man, I and, and with all of these rebellions, what is their view of God? I do not believe, my opinion, I do not believe that they think God is good. I do not believe that they, that they think God is trying to save them. In fact, multiple times, why my opinion is that? Because multiple times in numbers, what do they say? They say, oh no, he's gonna he's gonna destroy us. He's led us out in the wilderness to kill us. They right, so they're questioning the intent it's gonna and character right here, of chapter God. 16. It's gonna happen again. Same thing again. So what we need to understand about this rebellion is it's not just like the guy walked outside, oh, totally forgot it was the Sabbath and started picking up wood and they killed him, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what happened. What happened is this is a man who says, I, I don't, don't trust yeah. that God is going to give me the things I need. Because that's supposed especially that's in point what the sabbath is supposed to be the reason they were supposed to keep the sabbath it was supposed to be a day of rest in which they said they were saying i'm fully depending on god to meet all of my needs mm -hmm. i don't need to do anything god is going to meet my needs obviously he doesn't agree yeah so what happens well if you're going to be rebellious against god you're going to be put to death right yeah and so then he tells them this he says in verse 37 uh, uh, go ahead and this is going to come up again in 16 but i'm going to i'm going to say say it here and I'll restate it here in a little bit. We don't know what God's plan is. We don't know. We got a general idea of where he's headed. We don't know what the ins and outs of the plan are. This guy didn't. The guys in 16 won't. We He's constantly telling us, I got this. I got this. It's like your children. So you, you what you mean? Because we do know where God is going. Yes, but right. I don't know what his plan is. They don't know what his plan is to get them to the promised land. They don't know any of that. Okay. They don't right, know. I understand. Right. They don't know what the, I know that their, his plan is to bring the Messiah. I know that. They know that the ultimate, they should have known ultimate plan is God's going to save, save them, but they don't get it because they want the intricate details of the plan and it's not theirs to know. So what you're saying is they can't see the forest for the trees. That's absolutely right. right. You know, I, I know that God's going to come back and save me. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. What ha what happens when when he allows Satan to twist me in the dirt? Wait a minute. How dare you? But that's part of the plan. Look at Job. He gives us enough information, enough details for us to know that sometimes things are going to happen and it's going to suck and and it's going they're going to happen anyway and God's going to yeah. and God's going to be in over it all anyway. I mean, how many times does the text tell us, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Romans 15, all of these things happened to instruct who? Yeah. For the encouragement of who? Us. Yeah. For, the, for us. Yeah. So it happened so that we might learn. James 1. You know, so if, if you go back and you look at Job, you know, it's so funny because Job, Job basically has this complaint before God, right? I, I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done anything mm -hmm. to deserve this, right? And Job basically, the God's response to Job is basically, it, it doesn't address that at all. What it addresses is, <laughs> who are you to question me? Yeah. Meanwhile, Job's friends get in trouble. Job doesn't get in trouble for the <laughs> you know? Yeah. But Job's friends get in trouble because what are they saying? Well, they're saying, well, you must have done something wrong. Yeah. You did do something wrong. Mm -hmm. And God's like, that's not how any of this works. Yeah. But yeah. 
that's how we we yeah. really do struggle. We can't see the forest for the trees. We can't see how this how does my current suffering lead to the benefit of either myself or other people or the kingdom of God. Because we know that everything God is doing is for the good of that. Everything that God allows to occur or everything that God um, sees the enemy does, we know he's going to twist it for the good. But how does my, you know, how does my, my, my son dying of cancer, how does that help? You know, how is that part of this? Mm -hmm. You see, and we struggle to see God in that. And this, and this is why I tell people all the time, you know, look, I was a paramedic and I had authority on my ambulance. Okay. But I'm in the back of the truck doing something and the driver runs a red light and gets us in a car accident. They're not coming after me. They're coming after the driver. Right. Because what was my in my authority? What did I say? This is how I wanted it to happen. I certainly don't want my partner running red lights if we're, we're driving to the hospital. And we're not going code three. Mm -hmm. Right. If we're going code three, then we have to run red lights. But then we have we operate under a law called due regard or a, a concept mm -hmm. called due yeah. regard. So slow the, down at the, at the red light. Well, you got to clear it. Yeah. You can't just run. So what's going to happen if my, my partner just runs right out in the intersection? Is that under my authority? Mm, no. See, and we look at God and we go, well, God has all authority. That's true. And God has said, this is the way he wants it to go. But we also have to understand that there's a rebel, that this is a war, that there's another side, mm -hmm. right? The, hey, the plan, you can plan all day long, but no plan survives contact with the enemy. No, that's the way it works. Yeah. You know, we understand that. And so guess what? Sometimes the enemy's going to move. Sometimes he's going to do something and God's going to take it and he's going to turn it for good. But who's ultimately responsible yep. for it? Yeah. We, what we are not good at is figuring out why something is happening. Can I, God, I watch, I watch your kids and I watch your family and, and I see the, I see these little, little tykes, man, little baby and little girls and little boys and, and they have no clue, no clue what you and Jessica are doing. Oh, 90% no of the time. They have a clue. They don't have a clue. They know I'm hungry, I eat. I get in, I get in trouble, I get spanking. You know, I get disciplined somehow. Some of it's good and some of it I don't like worth a flip. You know? And and I look at that and I say, you know, that's just how we are with the Father. He said, unless you become like little children, you can have no part of me. And, and so we have to look at ourselves that way. Do, do them kids have any idea what the plan is? Do y'all inform them of where we might, we might want to do this in the country in four or five years or whatever? They have any clue about that? Uh, I mean, uh, they have an inkling of it. Well, we have inklings of stuff yeah, too. They, they, and it's really funny too, because like what Jess and I will talk about it and they'll catch snip. We call, we call all of our children metiches and, and it's, uh, I don't, it's, I think it's a Spanish, I don't know if it's Spanish slang or if it's, it's legitimate Spanish so much the Spanish I know is slang, but it's essentially nosy, mm -hmm. right? They're nosy uh -huh. and they're always listening at the door. They're always sticking their noses and things, you know, because they're trying to figure out, especially, especially one of our kids is yeah. Isabella can be, yeah. she, and she'll sit there and pretend she's figured it out. She'll sit there and pretend she'll sit in the room and pretend like she's reading or pretend like she's doing something else. And really, and Jess and I are both watching her and we're watching those eyes as they go back and forth, trying to listen and figure out what we're doing. But anyway, and that it's so funny because the inklings they get, they'll put them together into a, into a full concept, full idea, and then they'll present this idea to us. And we'll be like, what are you talking about? It's totally wrong. Because, it, totally because wrong. They, they, they got things like buckshot from all yeah, over the place. From all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And they try to make a plan out of it because they want so desperately to know. Well, we're the same way. 
We desperately want to know, and God said, "It's not for you to know." Well, and this is and this is one of those difficult things. Let's take the take our, our the child getting cancer that example, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not talking about anybody specific. No. Okay, just, just no. a generic example. Why did this person get cancer? And you can broaden this question out and say, "Well, why do I suffer?" Right? You can broaden it out to any any degree you want. You can make it as big as you want. Right? Why do I suffer? And the or why why does something bad happen to people? And the answer is threefold. Okay, the scriptures present three different options. Now the trouble is, which one is it? And I don't know. I and and it, a lot of times we don't know for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So the three options you get is this: we live in a fallen world. The world is creation is fallen. Bad things happen because the world is fallen. It's just the way. It's because of because of the curses, because of God's punishment right at the beginning. The the earth is cursed, so we have to work, right? That's some of it. But some of it is just again, this is a fallen world and part of not it's not only God's curses, but it's in it's a world stained by sin. This is why in Romans it says the creation groans for the revelation of the saints, right? Because the creation itself is subjected to the frust- to frustration. It can't God, be. This is, this is all what happens when when Adam and Eve disobeyed. Yeah, you, brought you sin into the world. Well, when the well, even before that, the rebel. I mean, sin didn't originate with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. They participated, mm-hmm. right? So they participated. They were supposed to be ambassadors to God. The enemy comes along and makes them ambassadors. The of enemy him. was the was the original rebel. Was the original rebel, right? So. The creation is falling. But he so, didn't bring sin to this new world. He he tempted them to sin, but they're the ones that did it. Man, we're we're getting into we're getting into uh, into real theoretical territory. I don't want to do that. Yeah, so I don't want to go there. So it, it, I mean, and we're dealing. Why is it theoretical? Because we're dealing with things the book doesn't say. I know. I so know. so that's right. What we're like. Who you're right? Who sin? Let, let's say let's what well, we can put our hat on. Okay, so sin's gotten in the world. Sin's gotten in the world, and, that and caused, it's ugly, and it destroyed the world. And so it's it, the world is fallen, and so sometimes yeah. we suffer because it's fallen. No matter where it came from, right? Have, the other issue is sometimes we do the wrong thing. Yeah, and sometimes God punishes us. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Sometimes that looks like sickness. Mm-hmm. What happened to the church in Corinth? They weren't they weren't waiting for each other to take the Lord's Supper. They were being greedy and selfish. And what did Paul say? Some of you have some of you have gotten sick and some of you have fallen asleep. In other words, some of you have died because you're not taking the Lord's Supper correctly. Because you're not waiting, because you're selfishly eating all the food. You're not waiting mm-hmm. for everyone else. You know, when it talks they did, about they, they did a communion service within a confines of a meal. Right. They yeah. well the it was a meal. Yeah. So the 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 breaking of bread, the communion service has always been a meal. Yeah. It, it was called the love feast in the yeah. first century. But it, essentially, what they did was the rich who didn't have to work on on, a, on the first day of the week, which was a work day, would show up. They eat all the food, they drink all the wine, they'd be sloppy drunk, and then all the other Christians would show up. All the slaves, which was the majority, by the way. Yeah. They would show up because they, they it was a it was a work day. They would all show up. The Jews, the Christians, all these people would show up, and and all the rich had eaten all the food. Yeah. And so the sin, what we're supposed to be reflecting on, isn't just any sin. It's supposed to be: Am I selfishly pursuing myself, or yes. am I am yeah. I in unifi- yeah. unification? And that's what this guy's doing. This guy decided I'm going to do what I want to do because I need to do this. So that's the second reason. Too lazy to do it on Friday. He could have done it on Friday, maybe. maybe. Too lazy, he got it on Saturday instead, and God said, off his head. So that's the second reason we suffer. We suffer mm-hmm. first because it's a fallen world. We su- suffer second because sometimes we sin, mm-hmm. and sometimes God punishes that sin. The third reason we suffer is because somebody else sinned. Yeah. 
Somebody else sinned. Yeah. God didn't. And this is this is the enemy. This is the world. This is the flesh. This is where this all lives, right? So, well, in the world and the flesh and the enemy can live over here too. But right here, somebody else sins. Somebody else runs that red light. Somebody doesn't stop. Somebody doesn't. Somebody turns their music all the way up so they tune out all the world and they don't hear the sirens. And even though my partner stops in the intersection, they don't, they don't see him. My partner doesn't see him and clocks yep. him. And now everybody in the unit is dead, right? So this is, we sometimes we suffer because somebody else sinned. Now, I don't know. I don't know necessarily. Now, there have been times in my life that I've suffered and I know it's because of my sin. Mm -hmm. But you don't know mm -hmm. and you can't tell me that. No. You see where no. it gets tricky here. Yeah. Am I suffering because this is a fallen world? Am I suffering because I've sinned? Is this supposed to be disciplined? Or somebody else sinned. Or am I suffering because somebody else sinned? I don't know. The scripture. The scriptures have all three. The, Job suffered for the glory of God. The common denominator is that God's in control. Always. So, well, this is why the Hebrew writer says, determine for yourself, consider it, right? James says, consider it joy when you suffer mm -hmm. because, the per because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The Hebrew writer says, you know, consider it, consider any suffering or pain. What? The Lord's discipline. Endure hardship is discipline. He doesn't say it is. He says, just think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Think of it that way. Why? Because when you're confronted with these realities, right? And there's actually a fourth. And I mentioned it there at the end. And the fourth is this. Sometimes we suffer for the glory of God. Yeah. Now, I don't know why. And I you can ask it. And, and, and I, I brought this up before in the book of John when the man who was born blind. Yeah. And it says, and he was born this way to show the glory of God. And, and also it says the same thing about Lazarus dying. Yeah. He was in the tomb four days. Yeah. And what does, it, what does it say? This was to show the power and glory of God. So I mentioned three things, but really, I mean, really there's four. Mm -hmm. Those two things, the suffering because of sin is really one thing. Mm -hmm. But either way, whether we're suffering because of the fallen world, because of our sin, because someone else's sin, or for the glory of God, we all don't know why we're suffering. Mm -hmm. I can't pick those out. The blind man who was blind from birth didn't realize that he was blind so that Jesus could come up and cure him. And, and what we're trying to do is help you to understand that and trust and believe that God is in control. Well, those are the trees, right? Mm -hmm. We can't see the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. God is working, mm -hmm. right? But then when we suffer, we we don't understand how he is working. And so the scriptures have lots of advice. And we've talked about that, right? Yeah. Just consider it joy. Just, just consider it discipline. Just look at it from this perspective. Why? Because we ultimately don't know all the time. I can't look at any one person. Sometimes I can't even look at my own life and go, I'm suffering right now because of this. Mm -hmm. This is why we have to be very careful. And this is really, this is, this is to me, I have to be very careful because I see things happen and I'm very quick to go, you know, I'm a medic. So I'm very quick on my judgment, making a decision. This is what this is. I'm very quick to see something and go, oh, that's the enemy. And you be careful because it might not be. It might be God saying, I've had enough of this person. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm done. You know, so when we see suffering, why is that person suffering? It could be any one of those yeah. things. Yeah. It could be for the glory of God. It could be because of sin. It could be because of the fallen world. We don't know. But if you're a child of the king, if you're a child of God, mm -hmm. you know, your your kids and your family belong to the Miller family. That's right. right? They, they belong to the family. Those that have been adopted, those that have been born natural birth. You know, they're they're part of the family. And, and they're going to be blessed because of what the family does and what the leadership in that family does. Uh, whether they do anything or not, they're going to be blessed. Yeah. Because they're part of that family. Well, but 
again, that comes from having the proper perspective of God. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, it's our duty to have that. It's our duty to understand. This is a difficult paradigm, but it's important for us to understand it because guess what? It's confusing out there. It's what's been going on since we started this study. Yeah. I mean, God's been trying to get them to understand, just trust me. Just when I say jump, jump. You don't have to ask how high. You don't have to ask why, how come. You know, where we, where am I jumping to? You know, we want all the questions answered. Well, and this is the expectation. Let's let's look at the tassels real quick, right? Okay. So we've just looked at this, right? We've seen this person who is just put to death. We've seen God say anybody who sins defiantly, whether native or right. So we've seen all this. All right, look at verse 37. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them throughout the generations to come. You are to make tassels on the corners of your garments. Now, Jesus criticizes this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because in the first century, they they used these tassels to demonstrate their faithfulness. But look at yeah. what they were actually for. Mm-hmm. You are to make tassels on the corners of your garments, the blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at. So you will remember. They're not for showing off to other people. They're that so that you remember all the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. In other words, these tassels are not here to make you look good. These tassels are here as a reminder, as a chastisement. They're like, it's like, it's like if, uh, it's like if my son came out of the bedroom and said, well, I got 10 spankings today. Look at how good I am. (laughs) I, I came from a religion that I remember this. I don't remember this. I never taught this, but I remember the, the flowing robes the tassels on the garments and I'm going wow man that man's important look how important he is man yeah. look how look how special he is man mm-hmm. and and then after I left they got into a in a situation where the it went to many of those guys head and it became you know and when it says here to look at soon you will remember all the commands wait and he's um, 39. Yeah, 39. And he says, not to prostitute yourself by chasing after the lust of your own heart. And, oh, my God, man. You know, when I read, when you're reading, I go, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Man, I I saw this happen. I saw this happen. You know, they got so prominent, so special. Some of them, not all, but some. Some of them are, some of them are trying to be godly men. They are. But some of them, you know, they, I mean, they, and they... It almost it went to their head with now now what was the lust of lust of their eyes lust of their heart you know they started having horrible problems within the church with with men with other with women and men with little boys and oh, oh my gosh man they forgot what these what this garments were for I don't think it was appropriate for you know twentieth century you know at all this was for them but if you're going to do this you better know what you're doing. Well, and, and but I mean, in the first century, they didn't. No, this is they what didn't. Jesus criticized them for yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Like these tassels were not given to you because you're this special, awesome, good people who always do what you're told and in, and in a way to rank yourselves, right? Mm-hmm. To to see who is the best. These tassels were given. It's like walking around. It's like it, it's like a, it's like we use a, we have a chancla at home. Uh, it's, so I'm very white, but my wife is is Mexican-American. And so. We do a lot of Hispanic things, and and sometimes those kids get spanked with that chancla. All right, mm-hmm. it'd be as if I I made a necklace out of the chancla and put it around my children's neck and had them wear it. Mm-hmm. It's not a, It's not like this. Supposed to be like this. Oh, look at me! I'm so good. It's supposed to be like this. 
oh yeah, I need to do what God says, not what I want to do. Because what are they doing constantly? They're doing what they want to do. They're looking at it and saying, I don't trust you. I don't believe you. I can only trust and believe in myself. You don't want what's good for me. I only want what's good for me. And God's like, no, stop it. Yeah. But they don't and, do it. And he, and he gave them a lot of different reminders. This is only one of them. This is only one of many. But he reminders. gave the, the tassel and the garments were remind, to remind them so they wouldn't prostitute themselves. He's going to keep giving them reminders. I know. We're going to talk about the, the budding staff eventually yeah. of Aaron and, and all of those things. Yeah. And why does he do that? Because he really doesn't want to destroy us. No, he wants us to remember. He wants us to come to him. He yeah. wants to be faithful. He wants us to be holy. It's what he wants. And this, look, this is the expectation. Look at verse 40. Then you will remember to obey all my commands and will be consecrated to your God. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord, your God. So look, when are we consecrated? When we obey. Mm -hmm. Like, like this is the, look, they're already in covenant relationship with God. And this, I know this is a paradigm that gets very confusing. The expectation for those who are in covenant, right? For those who are outside of covenant, those are the lost people. Yeah. Okay. Those are people who don't have covenant yeah. relationship with God. Mm -hmm. They are outside of his covenant of grace. Therefore, they are lost. Mm -hmm. Right. Paul says, you know, you don't need to condemn the world. The world already stands condemned in First yeah. Corinthians. Uh, I think it's five or six. But why does he say that? Because they are not in covenant relationship with God. It's that simple. The only salvation available is to those who are in covenant <laughs> relationship with God. The expectation for those who are in covenant with God has always been faithfulness and obedience mm -hmm. always trust that god is good and do what he says that's faithfulness trust mm -hmm. that god is good and obedience mm -hmm. do what he says look at look at go back and look at genesis 17 because it starts all the way back there in genesis 17 god is going to enter has is has is already in a type of covenant relationship with god he's going to expand that mm -hmm. covenant with abram and with abram it constantly gets expanded. In Genesis 17, he goes from Abram to Abraham. God changes his name, gives him the covenant of circumcision. But look at what the expectation of God is at the beginning. Uh, he says right at the beginning, 17.1, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Mm -hmm. This is the expectation of God. Mm -hmm. The expectation of God is that you walk faithfully. What is that going to look like for Abram and be blameless? What is that going to look like? Well, it means that he's going to have to circumcise himself. Yeah, it means he's going to have to circumcise these boys. It means he's going to have to circumcise all the males in his household. That was the obedience of that covenant. And that's what God is calling him to do. God in Genesis 17 is saying, this is the expectation. And, and you got to wrap your mind around this. You know, we, we, we say it really quick. Well, you have to circumcise yourself. Okay. You know, that's a process, man. That's a mental process for have, sure. Have you ever seen uh Robin Hood men in tights? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe there's a there's a uh, scene where it, I've not seen this movie in a long time, but I, I remember this scene where the um, uh, the I guess he's a rabbi. It's Mel Brooks, okay. right? So you already know it's he, it's it's nuts. Um, yeah, it's it's off the walls. But he's he's going around and he's um he's he's hawking circumcision to the Gentiles, and so he comes up and they and he goes. Oh, you need to be circumcised. All the ladies love it. It's 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 the new thing, right? Something around that those lines. And they go, well, what is it exactly? And he goes, well, and he takes a carrot and he puts it in this little guillotine and he goes, chop. <laughs> and all these guys go, oh no, no, we don't want that. But that's I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, that that's is. what it is. You know, and I and I always think about you know about Timothy, 
Yeah. That Paul has to take Timothy, and he's probably a young man. He's probably late teens, early 20s, probably maybe even earlier, maybe younger than that. He may well, have been. Maybe older than that, too. It could have been. You know, we don't know for sure. It just says it was, it, you know, we know that his grandmother and his mother were, were faithful, and uh, he took him in because his father was a Greek. He had to be circumcised before, you know, oh, that's my class. How would anybody know? Well, what's, how, what, how do they know? What I love about that story, too, is Paul, Paul just got done telling everyone that they didn't need to do that. Yep. And they just had a meeting in Acts 15 yep. talking about how they didn't yep, need they'd to, do have that. to do that. But to remove the stumbling block so they could talk for the to Gentiles. the Jews. Yep. Well, for the Jews. For the Jews. Yeah, for the Jews. Because it was a stumbling block yep. for the Jews that Timothy was Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine this young boy? I mean, for my question was, how would anybody know? How would he? How would anybody where he went? How would they know? Well, did they have public? Maybe that public baths or something. Maybe they would know that way. I my don't know. question is, how far are you willing to go for your brother or sister? He was willing to go real far. Away, how far really. are you willing to go when God calls you and says, "I want you to jump," and you say, "This is going to hurt. This is going to be painful." You know, I mean, I mean, I've got. Well, I mean, I mean think, we just did about, a funeral the other day. We talked about it. I yeah. told you I don't like funerals. I don't like to do funerals. I hate doing funerals. Mm-hmm. Got another one coming up, and, and I'm and I'm not really I'm not really keen. On, I'm going to do it, but I don't like doing them. And yeah. and when you when you make that decision, you know, I mean, sometimes to come to church on Sunday is tough. Sometimes to come to well, church, you know, it's not just. I mean, you're looking at it. The things you're talking about are, are our obligation to God. Absolutely. But before we, but you know, John would say it this way. In First John, he says, if, if you don't love your brother or sister, you don't love God. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't love those whom you have seen, you can't love someone yeah. you haven't. Mm-hmm. So before we even talk about obligation to God, what about our obligation to our brothers and sisters? Yeah. Timothy, that example with Timothy demonstrates what we're supposed to do with freedom. Timothy was free. He didn't have to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. He gave up that freedom. Think about the, think about the, the, the faith he has. In Paul, we can see. And in God... Secondly, who he can't see. And and Paul, he he depends on Paul to be a messenger and a spokesman from God. Mm-hmm. And Paul comes to him and says, "You, I need to circumcise you. He knows what that means. He knows what's coming. He knows that he's going to have to bury himself before another man. And that man's going to take a knife and 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 take a knife to his private parts. Mm-hmm. That's simple as that. That's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And 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 that takes a tremendous amount of, okay, got this. Uh, I told me... You know, how and why Paul was so convinced in this kid that he could leave him at Ephesus, a cesspool. Mm-hmm. They don't run Paul away. They don't run him out. And he leaves this young preacher there and then has to write two letters to him to try to help him through the, navigate through this thing. Why do you think Paul has so much confidence in him? Because he's willing to do that kind of stuff. Because he's willing to have faith in God and faith, faith in Paul that this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Even when he probably heard Paul just saying, Hey, you don't really need to be circumcised. You well, you Titus that, wasn't. Titus think was, that, Timothy and Titus went with Paul and Barnabas mm-hmm. to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. We know this from Galatians. Mm-hmm. And Titus, he'll say in Galatians, mm-hmm. he'll say Titus was not compelled to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. But not long after that, and I would bet you, I bet you money, Titus and Timothy were together with Paul when this went down. And Paul looks at Timothy and goes, all right, boy, this is what we got to do. And Titus is sitting there. Timothy's sitting there. Well, what about him? And he's like, ah, yeah. Titus doesn't need this. <laughs> Titus is Gentile. He's going only to the Gentiles. But you, you're part Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Snip, you snip. See how, you see, guys, how when you, it's so much easier just that when God says jump, we just jump. It's so much easier. You know, we're going to get into chapter 16 uh, next week 
where we talk about Korah and, and you know how they decided to rebel again. But all of this works together. The expectation of God in covenant is to be faithful and to be obedient. Mm-hmm. The expectation for for the Lord's people is that they give themselves up for other people, that they give themselves up for their family and for God. I mean, look at, so we see it in Genesis 17, but look here at Ephesians chapter one. In Ephesians chapter one, he says, or rather Ephesians chapter four, excuse me, verse one. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have mm-hmm. received. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, he says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So what's the expectation? For those who are in covenant relationship with God, the expectation is and has always been that we be obedient. Mm-hmm. You cannot say, I'm faithful. I'm in covenant with God and I am faithful <laughs> if you're not also obedient. Yeah. And this obedience, what does it look like? It looks like giving yourself up for others, giving your rights up for others. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? It looks like trusting that God is good and taking actions that trust that God is good. This is this is why it's so difficult people understand because they're like, well, wait a minute. I'm a sinner, right? And God offers his grace to me, right? That's the new covenant. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I take God's grace and, and then what happens when I sin again? Am I out or in? It doesn't work that way, okay? The question is this, do are you still holding on to God? Because if you are still holding on to God and walking with God, you will sin less and less. You'll never not yeah. not not sin, yeah. right? You will always have some type of issue. But the lifestyle will be changed. But the lifestyle will be different. The focus of your life is different. The focus of your desire is different. Mm-hmm. Everything has changed. If that change isn't there, then you really have to ask. And this is what Peter was saying. Peter says, you know, look, if these attributes are yours and in, are increasing, love, joy, peace, the fruit of the spirit, if these are, in, are yours and in increasing, if your love and desire is for God and for your brother and sister, if that's your mindset, then you can be assured of your calling. But if not, yeah. you need to ask, you need to inspect yourself. You need to examine yourself yeah. a little bit. Paul calls for the same thing. Yeah, he does. He does. Why? These people are in covenant relationship with God, and they're going to die by the thousands yeah. in the wilderness. And God's promised them that. Because they they are not. Their hearts yeah. are not dedicated yeah. to him. Yeah. And we're going to see it here. In, here we're going to deal Chapter with Chapter 16. We're going to do deal it with all another again. group in 16. Yep. Do it again. Done? Let's yeah. pray. Father, thank you so much for the examples we have here. The things that we can learn from the covenant relationship they were in and what covenant relationship is going to look like for us. Father, I pray your blessings upon each one of us. I pray your blessings on those who are listening, those who who will listen. And I pray, Father, that you'd help them to navigate through all of this in a positive, powerful way. Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have to study this. And Father, keep us faithful. Help us to stay faithful and holy. And Father, when we sin, we, we pray for your forgiveness. And we pray, Father, that you would uh, you would continue to grow us and, and mold us and shape us into the people that you expect us to be. And thank you for the opportunities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.